how this individual reacts and interacts with women. And you'd be amazed, their voices go up. Hey, so what'd you do this weekend? Inadvertently, because of belief systems. She is above me and you can even look at it that way. She's up here, I'm down here. So my voice goes up to meet her. Welcome to What I Love About Sex, where some incredible guests and I, Steph Kanowski, will be bringing you the tools for improving your sex life with topics such as sex issues with your partner, sexual self-confidence, premature ejaculation, sexual shame, masturbation, sharing your fetishes, orgasmic pleasure, and more. Sex is still so taboo, and I personally believe that by improving our understanding and communication skills around sex, we can enhance our own self-pleasure as well as deepening our long-term romantic relationships. So listen in, try to stay open-minded, and let's get started. Hey guys, so in this episode, we're going to talk about something I've never mentioned on this podcast before, and that is NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming. And I have a men's coach who's an expert in NLP, and he's going to explain what it would take to get rid of your blocks, your old beliefs, your negative beliefs, your old patterns in life that are not working for you, and how it how it works in terms of building a new confident identity. So in this interview, I am speaking to Mark Singh. Mark is a dating coach, NLP expert, and host of the Unapologetic Man podcast. It has over 3 million downloads. Go check it out. With over 20 years of coaching experience, Mark specializes in helping men from various backgrounds meet and date more women by reprogramming and replacing negative belief systems in their subconscious minds with neuro-linguistic programming. Hey, Mark. I am so excited that you're here and I'm excited to dive into this conversation. Appreciate you having me. You're an expert on NLP. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of my audience has probably heard of NLP, but I would love for you to first explain what it is. And then we'll dive into how it can help guys with their confidence, with their dating skills, whether they're dating their wife or a new woman, how it helps with sex. So let's start with what it is and take it away. Sure. So NLP stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming. And the premise of it is, is that we have programs in our head, much like computer programs that dictate the way we behave, dictate the way we think, dictate what's essentially attracted to us in our lives and how our lives unfold. So many times for most of us, and I'm sure many guys listening, those programs in our heads aren't really conducive to success because they were given to us before we could defend ourselves from them. So we may have had some dysfunction in our childhood. We may have had a kid say something mean to us in our childhood where a program was written such as I'm not enough. I'm not confident. I'm not good in bed. Why would a woman want to be with me? Any of these belief systems are created usually between the ages of three to 11 years old. You're actually in a mild state of hypnosis when you're that age. And you're very impressionable to where those traumas can really stick and they create those programs that just spit out the same results over and over again. So when we talk about things like body language, when we talk about things like getting girls attracted to us, a woman's attraction for you and your body language in alignment with that is dictated by your belief systems, dictated by your thoughts. So the reason why I use NLP and I am a dating coach, I help guys attract women is because when you fix the inside, the outside takes care of itself. 
And essentially you begin acting more like what we call a high value man, a guy with confidence, your behavior reflects it, your body language reflects it, your tonality is massive to reflect it. And that's all inside the head. So the reason I use NLP in conjunction with this dating, and it also applies to sex, is because so much is related to the internal programs that are going on, like erectile dysfunction, 90% of the time, and you know this, Stephanie, it's mental. Um, premature ejaculation is a mental thing. So NLP is able to help with that. And that's why I leverage it to help guys become more attractive to women. Love that. Yeah. And you're right. Everything starts in the mind, right? And our stories has to do with our stories. Can you give an example of how NLP could help a guy with premature ejaculation specifically? Yeah. So premature ejaculation, uh, interestingly, is often derived from a belief system that you don't feel you're enough and you feel like you're the beta and some other guy is the alpha. So check this out. This is really interesting. It's actually called second wolf syndrome. The reason it's called second wolf syndrome is because in wolf packs, the beta will still get to have sex with, with females, but he'll ejaculate very quickly so that he's not caught by the alpha. So mm. you'll see this in monkeys too. A monkey who's a beta monkey will get a girl in the trees and have sex with her as quick as he can before the alpha monkey comes and discovers him. So we as men, when we have belief systems that I'm beta, I'm not enough, this girl's too good for me, she's the alpha, I'm the beta, he's going to come very quickly in essence to get it over with. And there's other reasons too, such as sex is shameful. There's another reason where I just want to get it over with because it's shameful. Because when I was five years old, I was made to, and this is just an example, I'm not hating on anything. It's just an example. I was made to go to church where they said that sex is wrong. So I have that program inside my head that sex is wrong. So I'm going to try to get sex over with as quick as possible by ejaculating quickly. It's amazing how mental it is. I used to suffer it from myself and now I can come on command because I've been able to reprogram those belief systems, archetypes, schemas, and even traumas around sex and what it means to my subconscious mind. Mm. So how did you do that for yourself? Like, how do you tap into your subconscious mind and rewrite those stories and those beliefs? So NLP is essentially guided visualizations. And what we do is we take our clients through a guided visualization that takes 20 minutes where I have them imagine certain things in a certain order in order to really distract the conscious mind so that I can have embedded commands into the subconscious mind. So what happens is we're able to remove belief systems. For example, and this happens with me and my clients all the time where client will come to me and he'll essentially feel like he's not enough for a really high quality woman. So that belief system, I'm not enough was, as I mentioned, usually created deep in childhood for reasons he doesn't even have to remember. He doesn't have to remember the trauma that created that. And what we do is we'll take him through a protocol. And I have a lot of protocols, kind of like arrows in my quiver, take him through a protocol that will remove that belief system, like a splinter from the brain, where we can install a new belief system. And it's all through neuro-linguistic programming. Linguistic means language. Our thoughts are dictated by the language that we use. So we use language in certain patterns, we have embedded commands. We have certain archetypes that we use in the human subconscious mind that everybody kind of uh, agrees on as an archetypal example of what this represents to be able to remove that belief system. And we can do it in as little as 20 minutes. And then we can also replace it with the belief system that I am alpha, I am enough, I am confident. And this gets really good results, particularly in the dating niche, because as I said, 
your behavior is dictated on your internal belief systems and women's attraction for you is based on your behavior. Is that like a matter of repetition? Like how do you go about changing one belief system to another when it comes to language? One time is all it takes. So I can remove a belief system from your head. And let's say, Stephanie, I don't know, you have a belief system that money's hard to get, right? Or it takes stress to make money. Well, that's a belief system. Is it true? No, there's no empirical evidence that it's true. Some people make money very easily. Some people have to struggle. Why do some people have to struggle? It's their belief system. They think they have to struggle, so they do struggle. You determine your own barometer that's set in your life for all the things that happen to you, I believe. And that's why later in this episode, we're going to talk about some strategies to begin changing your belief systems. Since you set that, and since it's essentially an illusion, why not choose the illusion that works best for you? And with NLP, we can literally remove a belief system in 20 minutes and replace it just as quickly. I have a story I could tell you. See how I have all these tattoos, Stephanie? Mm, I used to be cool. deathly afraid of needles because I had a trauma when I was a kid. I was held down by three nurses and I had blood taken from me. Well, that gave me a meta program is what we call it, that doctors, needles, tattoos are scary. So I went to try to go get a tattoo when I was 20 years old and I passed out. I was actually in there looking at pictures and I saw a guy getting a tattoo and I passed out. So I was like, there's no way in hell I could ever do this. So through a long story, I eventually met my NLP coach because I had massive problems with anxiety and agoraphobia where I needed help. Nothing worked for me, not medication, cognitive behavioral therapy, nothing worked. Contacted an NLP coach. And I, I shit you not, within one session, it's called the trauma process. Within one session, we removed my fear of needles. And two weeks later, I got this tattoo right here. This took nine hours. And then three months later, I got this one right here, which took seven hours. And wow. no fear of needles whatsoever. And that's, that's what the power of NLP is, which is why, obviously, I became a coach in NLP. Because to me, I believe in it wholeheartedly. It's worked phenomenally, not only for myself, but my clients as well. That's amazing. Would you say that NLP is a form of brainwashing or hypnosis? Uh, hypnosis, yes. Brainwashing, no. So uh, essentially, I I believe that. Well, this is this is interesting, isn't it? So, a person won't change their belief systems unless they intend to. Brainwashing works under the premise that it's involuntary. So part of what I expect from my clients is that they believe in me and they believe in the process. So for example, when somebody applies to my program, I have them show me intention that they want to change their belief systems because intention is a big part of the game. It's not everything, but it's a big part of the game. So if you don't believe it, if you don't intend to do it, if you don't want to change, you won't. You won't. I can't just manipulate you. Like right now on this interview, Stephanie, I'm not manipulating you to send me money or give me your social security number. I, I really don't think that's possible unless it, it is possible if you have lots of time to be able to influence somebody. But in 20 minutes, the client has to be there, intend it, want to change. And that that's really part of the magic as to why it works. So don't worry. Mm -hmm. I'm not I'm not brainwashing you, maybe. <laughs> so I... I love this because I, I'm huge on visualization and I find that my clients who use it and actually are consistent with practicing it do see massive results like very quickly. Yep. Um, so that's what's speaking to me through like, you know, the power of NLP, at least a portion of it is like, oh, okay. Like that's before we want anything, we have to 
first of all, like you said, believe that we can get it and like have the intention that we want it. And then second, know what it is we do want, because if you don't know what you actually want, how are you ever going to get it? You're not. Yeah. So I find that I, I work with a lot of guys who come to me and they're like, I don't even know what it would look like for me to have my ideal outcome. Like, I don't even know what the ideal outcome is. I just want to get out of here. And what would you say, like, would you say when it comes to NLP that it's important to know like exactly where you want to go or like, is that just as important as knowing where you are? That's a good question. So oftentimes when people don't know what they want, a good question to ask is what would you do if you had no chance of failure? The reason a lot of people don't know what they want is because their fears are clouding their perception and making it so that they can't see clearly what they want because they don't know how to manifest or they're afraid of going into their fears and, and afraid of approaching that desire from a place of fearlessness. So that would be the first question I asked them. What, what was the second part of your question? I, I suffer from CRS, can't remember shit. So sometimes you have to uh, repeat yourself to me. <laughs> I have CRS too. Do you really? <laughs> so yeah, funny. we're on the CRS board meeting. We, we, we're in the special club. Yeah, it's bad. Um, oh, what was the second part? <laughs> right? So regarding your first question, do they need to know exactly what they want for NLP to become successful? Yes. And the way we get there is, if you have a belief system that I'm not enough, or you have a belief system that I'm a seven, let's say, and you want to feel like a nine or a 10, you know that feeling like a nine or a 10 won't be bad for you. There's almost no negative results, unless of course you're in some post-hypnotic trance where you think that being attractive to women is going to be bad for you, to which we would work on that too. So what I would say is NLP isn't designed to change you into a little Mark Singh or a little Stephanie, right? It's designed to turn you into the best version of yourself, that version that you'll be happier with anyway. Perhaps you have the illusion in your head that suffering is noble. Perhaps you have the illusion in your head that not getting girls or not being good at sex is somehow a good thing, but that is BS if you really unravel it. And it's just, again, a program that was given to you probably before you could defend yourself from it. So whenever my clients say, are you going to go in my head and change me into somebody else? I'm like, no, I'm going to help you become the best version of yourself that you were meant to become and that you were born as before somebody else came and messed you up. We were all born with perfect self-esteem. I'm just getting you back to that, that state that you were born as, that natural intrinsic state that got messed up through traumas, bad incidents, people giving you their BS belief systems. How many of us are just buying into what our dad or mom believed, right? We just buy into it hook, line, and sinker, and we never question it. Well, mm -hmm. when you start questioning it and you realize that it probably isn't giving you the results that you want, such as having sex and not being able to give her an orgasm could be wrapped around some belief system that your mom felt very shameful about her sexuality, gave it to you without even purposely doing it. A lot of the times it's inadvertent, and now you're just pressing print on a printer and having the same results over and over again. What I say is let's revise those files to give you the best life possible and to give you the results you know you really want, the most positive results we could possibly get. So take me through, can you walk me through like specifically what are the steps of taking a guy through NLP techniques? No, no, no I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, man. Yeah. So, okay. What are the steps? Essentially, we get him into a relaxed state. 
And then we have him, as I said, visualize certain things. One visualization we use, and there's many, many different modalities that we use in NLP, but one is you would lift up out of your body, look down and see yourself sitting there. Then you go higher up in the sky and then you'd see what's essentially your timeline, which is your entire life represented as a road from beginning the place you're born to the place that you die. Then we float up higher and higher and see that timeline shrink. Then we'd start coming down towards it and see it open up. And then you would just decide to go to the first time you decided to get that belief system. Now you don't have to know when it was. You don't have to know what caused it. You just almost pretend that I'm going there. Then that belief system is represented by an archetype, such as if it's a negative belief system, a black ball with spikes. It's also called a mace. That's often, that's an archetypal human thing that represents often traumas is a, is a black ball. A lot of people, probably 90% of people will visualize a black ball totally inadvertently without me even directing them to do so because it's an archetype in the human mind. And then we go through and remove that black ball and all the other ones. Now that begs the question, what if I'm not good at visualizing? I can't, I can't do that. I can't lift up out of my body and look at myself. You don't have to really you just trying to, and perhaps not even doing it perfectly is enough of a distraction so that the embedded commands can work on your subconscious mind. So the visualization, Stephanie, is really a distraction. And what really happens, as I say, the magic takes place behind the curtain. And it's best for it to work that I don't get too into specifics, if that's your next question, as mm -hmm. to what those are. Because sometimes the less the client knows what's happening, the more effective the modalities will be. Mm. Okay. That makes sense. So it's, so at that point, it's really you just telling him to think about things and mm -hmm. then, and then eventually telling him to speak new things that replace those old beliefs. Right. Noel, telling him to visualize something. So, so in the beginning of an NLP modality, we will say, think about the thing you want to remove. And, and since most people can relate to this, let's use this money is hard to get. Okay, when you think money is hard to get, feel that inside your body. Where do you feel it? Well, most people feel it in their chest or in their head or in their hands, or they see some visual representation. I try to get that anchor is what it's called to a feeling. Okay, mm -hmm. so then we take them through the visualization. After it's done, I say, try to feel that again. 99% of the time, they can't. They say it feels empty. I don't feel that negative feeling anymore. Cool. Then I take them through another NLP visualization to replace that belief system with a positive belief system. And, and because there's a, probably a lot of people listening who are wanting to work with me in this way, just so you know, I don't work with guys on NLP only. I only work with guys who want to become good with women, who want to go through my program. It's part of my three-month coaching program. I don't do NLP only. I just don't want to get a flood of like, hey, can you do this NLP for me? No, I only do it with, with my program. Okay, cool. Cool. It's really like hacking the mind, you know, and hacking yeah. all of your old stories. That's right. It's updating files. It's like, would you, would you go with like windows 98 into your, into your career and trying to use that when everybody else is using this updated version? No, you would mm -hmm. update those files. So why don't we do it in our heads? We do it on our computers. We mm -hmm. do it on our phones. We do it on all our, our electronics. Why not in our head? It's mm -hmm. so amazing to me that more people don't do this because the results that I've seen both for myself and for my clients are absolutely astronomical. It really works. It really does. 
I love using that analogy because it's so true. It's like we update everything else. Why don't you update your own mind, which yep. controls your entire life? That's right. It's just, it's absurd how so many people, I mean, myself included, like we are so rooted in these beliefs and stories. And it's like, we get to this point where we're like, it is how it is in this area. And then the areas we do update, it's like, oh, well, I've done it before. I could do it again. You know? And it's like, it's like, we don't think to take an area where we're struggling with and then see an area where we overcame and be like, why don't I just do the same thing? You know, it's obviously possible, but man, the mind is just insane in that way. People get comfortable with mediocrity. They get comfortable with how things have always been. A lot of people would rather just do what they're doing because it's familiar than try to change, even if it would 10 X the results. And also there are synapses in our brains that create channels or grooves through our brains. And so those grooves feel familiar. So if you're constantly negative, right? Ripping on yourself saying, I'm, I'm an idiot, I'm a dumbass. It feels good in a certain way to not only lament and feel sorry for yourself, victim mentality, as I call it, but also because the synapses traveling down that neural pathway are so familiar, it feels good. But it feels the brain right. Is- Yeah, exactly. The brain is neuroplastic, isn't it? It can literally shift and move. And that's what we do with NLP is, is there's been studies where the, the brain will actually shift just like meditation will Mm -hmm. change the, the prefrontal cortex. It'll make it grow. They've done studies on this where meditation grows the area of your brain that's responsible for positive feelings. Mm -hmm. So you can change your beliefs. You can change your brain. You could change your behavior. You could change whatever it is that you want to if you have the courage to do it. And and that's the thing I can't give, no matter how good my NLP is, I can't give somebody motivation or courage. They have to come in with intention. And I have the unapologetic man podcast, right? And I talk a lot about masculinity, hardening the F up, moving into your fears, choosing what's hard so that your life will be easy. Because my philosophy is when you do what's hard, your life will be easy. When you do what's easy, your life will be hard. And that's been a testament to my success as well as the success of my clients is move into your fears. Fear is false evidence appearing real. It's not even real. It's not even going to do anything to you. When you move into it, you see what an illusion it really is. Yeah. I love that. That's so true. Um, I, I love the question. Like whenever I'm feeling anxious and I know a lot of guys uh, listening to this have anxiety around their sex life or their relationships. And a, a good question that's helped me is, is this really true? Or am I just freaking out about a potential future circumstance that (laughs) there's no evidence for, and I'm just making up story after story that didn't even happen. And then I'm allowing that made up story to dictate my current present reality and emotional state. And then it's making me make decisions based on that future story, which those decisions aligning with that story will just put me in a bad spot. So it's like, it's crazy how we let like the past dictate our lives and the future dictate our lives. And we you know, we don't trust ourselves enough to just be present. I wonder like, what, what does it take to like build trust so that you have, you can create that courage to move forward with options like NLP? You, you know, confidence is bred from competence. So we could tell a guy a million times, Hey, be confident, be confident. Of course, with NLP, we can remove the unconfident belief system and install the new one. But ultimately you have to create evidence that you yourself can believe in. So the way to 
become confident is to, for example, do what you say you're going to do, not flake on your commitments. Show up at 10 a.m., Stephanie, on the button as you did today for our podcast meeting, as, as was I, right? It's because mm-hmm. if I'm going to tell Stephanie I'm going to be there, I'm going to be there. Then, then you begin to trust yourself. You begin to be more confident. You begin to love yourself. And you can give yourself the freedom to change because, look, life is short. You and I are both going to be dust and ashes within 50 years. So why not take the hand you were dealt in this life and make the meanest hand possible? Because on your deathbed, and this is my big motivating factor, I want to look back and and nod my head with approval saying I did everything I could to make the best life possible. I didn't squander this opportunity because honestly, we don't know if it continues. I believe it does, but we don't know. So we want to take the best at bat when it comes to this life. And in my opinion, and this may not be true for your listeners or even you, but I'm going to do whatever it takes to improve myself in the most the most ways I can. And if NLP is the answer, which it was for me, I'm doing it and I'm not questioning it and I'm moving into my fears because fears, again, false evidence appearing real. It's an illusion that just like you said, Stephanie, is based on some previous experience, which probably happened when you were eight years old. That doesn't even apply anymore. A wise man once said, go into every experience with a clean, empty slate, a new way of looking at it. Don't always rely on your previous experiences. Certainly, you know, we don't want to run into a burning building. It it, it may get us killed. We want to use logic. But when Mm -hmm. it comes to, say, for example, a new sexual experience, go into it with a clean slate, not based on all the times you premature ejaculated or couldn't get it up or whatever your issue was. When you do that with courage in your heart, that's the way to move to the next step. And that's the way to get courage. Mm. And I I think especially for the guys who face rejection, um, sexual rejection, dating rejection, it's they're, they're constantly bringing in those, those old stories to like, you're talking about protect themselves, but this isn't a life or death situation. It's just a woman. (laughs) Like that's it. Um, so yeah, to, to realize that like, Hey, just cause that happened before, doesn't mean it has to happen again is, is really important because I have so many clients who will tell me, Oh, well, well, I know what she'll say if I do that. And I'm like, mm-hmm. do you though? Like, why are you, why are we going there? Why are we playing the assumption game? Like that's those assumptions have nothing to do with the current now. And it has to do with the stories you tell yourself that keep the same cycle going in your relationship. That's hurting you guys. So let's not trust those assumptions because they're not working. Like let's, you know, start something new. Yeah. You, you know what else is true too, is when, when I hear she'll say no to me, if I say that, or a girl reject me, if I go approach her, if you guys had any idea how important tonality is to, mm-hmm. to her reaction to you, it would blow your mind. It's literally 80% of it. So what I always tell my boys is always make sure your voice goes down at the end, not up at the end. Say, for example, you approach a girl and you just want to say, hey, I wanted to come meet you. If you're like, hey, I wanted to come meet you and your voice goes up at the end, immediate rejection. But if you come at it where almost like a cop asking you license and registration, please, your voice goes down at the end, which communicates authority. And you say, hey, what's up? I had to come meet you. And your voice goes down at the end that's infinitely more attractive because women want to be led. Now, certainly I'm not saying men are better than women or women less than us. No, it's simply who's leading the interaction, who's in the masculine energy. The one who's in the masculine energy will be the quote unquote authority whose voice goes down at the end. So if you tell me I always get rejected by girls, it's the first thing I'm going to tell you. Let me hear how you talk to girls. And we'll do this in the coaching room. 
And sometimes we'll even do it with a girl there to discuss and see how this individual re reacts and interacts with women. And you'd be amazed. Their voices go up. Hey, so what'd you do this weekend? Inadvertently because of belief systems. She is above me. And you can even look at it that way. She's up here. I'm down here. So my voice goes up to meet her. And that's an inadvertent subconscious thing that we work on immediately where I want you going in with confidence and authority. I'm going to give you the NLP belief system to do so. And then her reaction to you is going to be different based on your behavior. This goes into body language as well, which I know you wanted to talk about, Stephanie, where when you believe in yourself, stand up straighter, shoulders are back, your chin's up high. When you feel happy about your life, you have a slight smirk on your face. Again, your tonality improves. You walk with more bearing. You take up more space. And when you speak to a woman, you're not cowering into a corner or making apologies for speaking to her or even being attracted to her. You are present and you feel, listen, I'm a high value dude. And in my opinion, Stephanie, when I talk to a girl, I almost feel like I'm giving her a gift. I'm giving her the opportunity to meet me. Now, that may sound arrogant to some listeners, but that's really what I believe, that when I approach her, I'm not apologizing for it. I'm not inconveniencing her. To me, it's the equivalent of giving her a $20 bill where I'm going up and giving her value. And even if you just feel good inside your body, states are contagious. Women want to be in a better state as all men want to be in, right? Where if we go up to a woman with feeling good, feeling better than she feels, she's going to feel better from having met us. Thus, we gave her value. Thus, the belief system of, oh, I'm not enough for her. I don't want to inconvenience her. Don't talk to strangers. She's probably doing something else. She probably has a better guy than me. That shit doesn't even exist in your head because you feel you are that better guy and you're giving her a good experience. And, and that all comes from internal belief systems. And it comes from, as we talked about, having a new way to approach a situation you've done a million times. If you're bad at sex, and I put that too in quotation marks, really? Who told you that? Oh, your experiences told you that? Well, what created those experiences? Hmm, maybe your old belief systems. What if you updated those belief systems and went into a new situation with a new set of belief systems? What would happen then? Oh, I might be good at sex. Damn right. Damn right. It's all in your head. You get the life you choose and you choose it via your belief systems. So good. So good. I love that you, that you mentioned tonality because that's something I definitely don't talk enough about with my podcast listeners. Um, and yeah, I love that you stress how important that is when you're first initiating conversation with a new woman, but even with your wife and you're handling conflict or your girlfriend and you're handling a conflict, like yeah. if you're cowering because you're afraid that you won't get sex again, if you stand up for yourself, like this happens all the time, Mark, yeah. like like guys will not say what needs to be said be out of fear that she'll reject them in the future. And it's like, that's what's actually keeping the rejection exactly. going is you cowering and you, yep. you know, your tonality either going up at the end, like you said, where it's like they're they're timid about this and they don't want to be there in that moment. Or it's, or they're leading with anger because that's the emotion they feel most comfortable with. And that tonality, it doesn't work because that's, you know, demeaning. So it's like, how do you find that we got to find that confident tonality space of just knowing that like you can be like, what is the best version of you? Like, how does that guy talk? The problem solver yeah. in you that like finds answers, like who in a loving way, like, how does he talk? So I love that you mentioned that. It's really A lot of guys perhaps listening are in a relationship and they wonder how they can get their girlfriend or their wife more attracted to them 
how they can be more effective in that relationship. Typically, to be honest with you, the dynamic of a relationship is set within the first few weeks of that relationship. But if you start having new behaviors, if you start having the frame that your respect is important to you, you're not going to cower to her or be afraid that she's going to deprive you of sex because you disagree with her, which boys is actually the opposite. When you disagree with a woman in the right way, without emotion, mm -hmm. without negativity, she actually gets more turned on by you because I'm willing to be disagreeable. I'm rooted mm -hmm. in my frame. I'm unapologetic about what I think. But at the same time, gentlemen, and a lot of guys can misinterpret this, it's not a stubborn delivery or a negative delivery. It's a calm, composed one. Like a father simply speaking to his three-year-old daughter and Stephanie, I were laughing because I have a three-year-old daughter who I had to sleep in the bed with last night. She almost pushed me out of the damn bed, but it's almost <laughs> like me talking to my daughter who's demanding milk at three o'clock in the morning. And I'll say, Lucia, you had milk before we went to bed. Okay. You're not getting milk. Let's, let's get you some water and let's go back to sleep. It's that mm -hmm. calm, composed, loving. Yeah. Yes. Leadership. Calm and loving and yeah. Assertive. That's right. And, and that gets attraction from women. So yeah. you can certainly change the dynamic of a relationship if you feel it's going down a negative path. But especially when first dating woman, which of course is what I teach, that dynamic is set within the first two weeks. What I love about my boyfriend and what really turns me on about him is the fact that he has very clear intentions and he knows what he wants and he knows what his values are. And if I test those values, even, you know, accidentally, or just like, you know, say something like, he'll call me out on my shit every time. Yeah. Hey, Steph, like that wasn't cool. Come on. We got to snap out of this. That's not you. This isn't what we want. We talked about this. What should we do moving forward? You know, it's very like, and it comes from that loving place. I love how you use the example of like speaking to your three-year-old daughter, because mm. you have to be stern. There has to be this like confident, assertive, sternness, but it's with an empathetic, loving tone at the same right. time. So you're combining those two things. And that's the tonality that works best with handling conflict, with speaking to women who are testing you. I also, another thing I wanted to point out that I wanted to reiterate for the guys is when you said guys will think on a date, oh, well, maybe she's going out with all these other guys. Maybe she had sex with these other guys who are better than me. What if you are that other guy? <laughs> like, That's right. I love that reframe of like, but you could, you might be him. Like you're you, him. You, are, you him. are him. Yeah. You are him. Yeah. You are him. So think through the lens of you being him and that value, that sense of like self-value will, is more likely to, to come out and make you think differently. Right. So that's, that's really cool. Can we talk more about body language? Um, mm -hmm. cause that's definitely, you know, tonality and body language are huge and, yeah. What are like the most impactful ways that men can use their body to, to show confidence and that relaxed, confident demeanor? Vulnerable body language is powerful body language. So for example, mm -hmm. vulnerable means exposing my neck. My neck is completely up. It's not tucked into my shoulders. My chest is out exposing my organs inside my chest. My stomach is open. When I walk, my legs are actually a little bit open, exposing perhaps my crotch, right? When I walk, I have, sometimes I tell my clients to walk like Jesus, where your, your wrists are pointed forward, because this is a very vulnerable area where, and of course, I don't want you walking around like Jesus. This is just a, a metaphor, but you're vulnerable. Whereas closed up body language, unattractive body language is based in fear. Why are they fearful? Because they're in a nightclub that they're uncomfortable with, or they're talking to a girl who, who they think is out of their league. So 
their shoulders are kind of up a little bit like this. They're kind of crouching a little bit. They're closed up. Say, for example, they sit down to booth. They're going to try to stuff themselves in the smallest place possible because they're making apologies for being there and they're not confident just being there. So a guy who's really confident goes and sits in a booth and he throws his arm over the back. He has his legs open because he doesn't make apologies. He's not trying to stuff himself into an apologetic space where, sorry, I'm interrupting you. No, he's open. He takes up space. He takes up auditory levels in the environment because he's the alpha. And that's what good body language is. It's vulnerable, coincidentally enough. It's not fearful. Mm. I know that there's a lot of guys who maybe go, maybe don't show so much of that self-protection in their body language, but they will be very defensive in their reactions. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, what would you say? Because I know a few men like this and they get to this point where if a woman tests them, they get really defensive right away and it doesn't show the humor side of them. It does not show their best selves. And it's kind of like, and then she has a negative reaction, of course. And then they respond with like, okay, well, like, fuck you then I'm moving on. Yeah. Like that type of, so what would you tell guys who perceive dating in that way, where it's like, they notice themselves being defensive instead of just letting it go and kind of like going with it. Um, is there anything you could say to speak to those guys specifically? Why, why would you care so much about what she thinks of you if you're internally validated, which is masculine? right? Masculine is I'm enough because I'm enough. I don't need to explain to you why I'm a good suitor for you because I simply am. I'm a fucking champion and I make no apologies for myself. And that's the whole premise of my podcast, the unapologetic man podcast. I'm not making apologies for who I am. I know that I'm the shit. And if you don't see that, I'm sorry, I can't help you with that. So when a guy is defensive, it communicates to her that he has a weak frame. Because women want a man with survivability. Survivability mm. means what is your ability to survive in today's society? If he gets butthurt easily by what his woman says, what does that say about what's going to happen to him with all of society? His boss yells at him. He's going to get butthurt and he's going to lose his job. Or mm. somebody cuts him off on the highway. He's going to go into a rage and try to get into a fight over road rage. A guy who is in his centeredness is usually successful in life and thus has a high survivability. That's why he's more uh, attractive to women. This is so great. First, tell the guys how they can find you. And then I'm going to go with the last question. Sure. So uh, my name is Mark Singh and I host the Unapologetic Man podcast it is, I believe, the biggest dating podcast out there right now. It's got a 4.8 out of five with over 3 million downloads. Cult-like following because I really tried to deliver the goods on every episode. So if you want to check that out, please do. I obviously have a coaching program that I alluded to earlier, but I wouldn't want to try to close you guys on that until you've listened to at least a decent handful of episodes, because with NLP, your trust in me and your rapport with me is really important for it to actually work, which is why I like guys to listen to five to 10 episodes before they apply, really feel that rapport with me, and then we can get massive movement if and when they join the program. Awesome. If you could leave the guys with one piece of advice based on NLP, really anything we talked about that you feel would be the best to leave them with, what would it be? Don't believe everything you think. So if you have a negative thought that comes up against yourself, even against others, question it. And one of the things I always tell clients who I don't get to directly work with, or I should say listeners who I don't get to directly work with is to when a bad belief system comes up, like I'm an idiot or I'm bad at sex, 
erase that and replace it with the new belief system. I'm getting better at sex or I used to be bad at sex. If you have to stick with that bad belief system, say I used to be that way. Because I'll tell you what, boys, your belief systems dictate your reality. In my opinion, you think of the picture, then you paint it, then you step inside of it. So if you have negative self-defeating belief systems, it's only going to result in negative self-defeating experiences for yourself. So always choose the positive belief system, choose to believe in yourself, choose to change those things that were bringing you down before. And for God's sakes, don't believe everything you think, because a lot of that stuff, boys, was given to you by somebody who too had the same belief system before you could defend yourself from it. So question it. Don't buy into it. Have frame over it and say, you know what? I'm choosing a new path because your thoughts dictate your life. I hope this episode helped you. If it did, I would love for you to leave me an iTunes review. It would mean the world to me. You can also screenshot your favorite episodes and tag me on Instagram at Steph Ganowski. And before I go, remember, your sex life is as good as you make it out to be. Until next time.